Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. So uh, if you guys have Bibles, I'd really recommend go ahead and open up to chapter 4. And uh, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be diving into Galatians. And Galatians was a book written to Paul's favorite four churches. Churches he had spent so much of his time giving himself, in fact, risked his life, almost died two or three times in bringing the gospel to them. He had literally poured out his blood to them and, uh, and, and uh, given his all for them. And when he, um, you know, he was convinced that the gospel was enough, that if he, if he had this, this thing, if they received the gospel, that it was enough for them to walk in life. But then after he left, who came in? The super teachers, right? The, 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 the super spiritual. Anybody here, that's your testimony? You got saved and you were happy as a bug in a rug until you met some Christians? <laughs> right? Who obviously did not have the joy of the Lord and were determined... <laughs> to sour yours, right? And they can't, on their, oh, yes, I'm not understand. Oh, don't worry, it will wear off. It's not that good after all. If you just need to add a little bit of a, a, to your, uh, you know, you'll get depressed like us. And these super teachers fell into two categories. And what were those two categories? Sadducees and Pharisees. You guys get, get, uh, get, there we go, Pharisees, there we go. All right, I'm a little buzzy, whoever has control of me. Um, and the Sadducees, uh, well, let's say, the Pharisees are focused on what? The law and being right. right. Be right at all costs. Even if you're wrong, be right, right? And then the Sadducees, all they care about is does it work, Right? We talked about this is in life you tend to vacillate between those two, right? Right? You you want it you want it to work and if it doesn't work then I'll settle for being right and then I realize I can't be right so I swing over to just making it work. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Those are two ditches between which Jesus came on the cross and died that we might be right with God and out of that life works. His power flows through us to do the will of God. And that's a supernatural will, right? So this is what he's going after. And he's only got, this, this book may seem long to you, but that's all he's got to correct a bunch of people who've gone way astray. But that should encourage you. That's all the room he needs. Anybody been astray? Anybody lost your joy? Anybody lost your hope? Anybody found that the gospel wasn't working for them anymore and you traded it in for a flashier model that had a great radio but no engine? You know what I'm talking about? Where you had all the answers. I know for me, the rightness category, anybody heard the, the great verse from John? You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You know what I thought that meant? If I had all the answers, if I knew all the truth, then I would be free. Anybody tried that route? I call it the library method. Read enough books, read enough things, figure out all the answers, and you'll be right. And that didn't work, so eventually I just dumbed it down to if I owned the books. <laughs> Who are my people? You've got a whole bookshelf, untouched, but it sure looks good. 
You know, you can say, oh, I have that book to anybody as long as they don't ask if you read it. <laughs> and then the other side, it says, listen, who cares? If you doesn't work, who cares? Right? And so we come over to this side where we just make it work at all costs. You know what? Whatever works is. Works could be freedom from addiction. Works could be uh, financial success. Works could be getting uh, a, uh, a uh, spouse. Just so you know, getting married is not hard. Just have low enough standards on a Monday morning when they release the drunk tank on the courthouse steps. <laughs> Keeping it real. Anybody here figured out it's not that hard to get married? <laughs> no nudging. It's not hard to get married. It's not, but the thing is, is sometimes when we try to make it work, anybody found that even when it works, it don't work? Anybody here? Man, I've, I've met some of the saddest people I know are the wealthiest. Everything worked for them and nothing worked. And so Paul is crying out to them. He said, listen, who bewitched you foolish Galatians that you traded it in? You got saved simply by trusting in him, believing in God. You saw miracles happen, not by your own effort, but by God flowing through you. And if you've been in this house very long, you have seen miracles happen at your own hands. Not because you ate the right cereal that morning. Not because you had a three-hour devotional. Not because you jumped on one hand and sang the hallelujah chorus in Hebrew but because God is good. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so what I want to say is in this place, he's speaking to this and he is coming at it from every different direction. So if you got the, the book, which I highly recommend, Galatians chapter four, we're going to start in verse seven. The result of all of this, the fact that you know, that Jesus has delivered us from slavery to the world, slavery to making it work or trying to be right in our own efforts. He says, because you are now his sons, his daughters, his children, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. We could never say to the God of all creation, the God who created heaven and earth, Papa, but God, Jesus, who has that full right, climbed inside of us and does it for us. He says, no, 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 let me take you right up to the heart of the Father. He says, draw near to him so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. Since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. Two things happen. You were a slave. Anybody realize you were a slave? A slave doesn't get to choose what it does. Anybody been there? Could be a slave to food, shopping, uh, addicted to people's uh, approval. I don't know what you're, you know what I mean? But suddenly we are freed, right? But we're also an heir. What is an heir? An heir is, a, is in the Hebrew. Now, I, I, I always messed this up um, in my earlier life because I thought to be an heir, somebody had to die. <laughs> right? The thing is, in Judaism, an, a person became a full-fledged heir when they were 30 years old. When they demonstrate, when they became a full-fledged heir. And that's why Jesus has this moment at, at his baptism where the Holy Spirit descends on a dove and the Father says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, right? What would happen is the, the man would take his son to the marketplace and say, this is my beloved son, I'm well pleased in him, which meant... 
he has full access to all of my goods and to sign any contracts in my name and they are legally binding. He has access to all my wealth. So when the father said to the older brother in the prodigal son, all that I have is yours, he wasn't saying in quotes. He was saying, all that I have is, is, all that I have is yours. But where do we have it? We have it in the father. What did, what did the prodigal son want to do? Take it from the father and have it on his own. No, no, we have all things, but we have it as sons, as daughters, as heirs. We have all things. Anybody found you haven't maybe opened all the presents under the tree yet? So hear me on this. If you find you don't have every all yet, there's still time. There's still time. But where are you going to find the presence? At the foot of the tree. Not in your own efforts. Anybody here been tricked where you, you tried to receive by grace and it wasn't working? Or you didn't feel, or people shamed you, you didn't feel right, so then you went back and tried to work it out on your own. Tried to find the solution somewhere else, some tricks. So let's keep going. Verse 8. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. These are both the, the tricks, the rules, but also the world, the, the gods they served, right? They, they, they literally did all these things to keep the gods happy. If you knew the Greek gods, they were not fun people, right? They had all the human problems times 10. They, and so your goal with serving these gods was to keep them happy. Your goal was th that they wouldn't notice you over much and thereby zap you. Your goal was to keep them happy. He said, you were slaves to them. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, this is huge. Anybody know that it's a little hard to know God? Like know God, like there's a lot to know? Guess what? You are made right, not by your knowledge of God, but by him knowing you. Amen. Father, search my heart and know me. Yes. See if there be any wicked way. Yes. I'm not going to analyze myself. Anybody here climbed into your heart and became thoroughly depressed? <laughs> right? You know, it, I am not, I am not, um, I do not judge my own heart. I say, Father, know me. If there's anything in me you want to deal with, deal with it. Who's dealing with it? He's dealing with it. Not me. Not in my own efforts. Man, self-analysis is hell. It is bondage. It is death. But God analysis will... Because every time God puts his finger on something, do you know what it is? It's a promise of something you're about to be delivered from. I'll tell you what. I, I remember when we first discovered this thing called forgiveness. That anybody here, I, I was a professional unforgiver. Like I was like, I was like pro level. I was on the, you probably had trading cards of me. And I was amazing. I, I, I walked in unforgiveness like better than, I had unforgiveness against you and I hadn't even met you. Um, and in this place, I started to realize how bound I was. I began to forgive, which is an act of God. I can't forgive in my own. Anybody found that's true? Literally, God, I forgive is simply saying, God, I forgive, help me to forgive, take this from me, deliver me. It's not my own effort. And in that moment, as I started to get free, I started to realize every time unforgiveness came up in my heart, I started to get excited. You know why? 
I was going to get a piece of my heart back that had been in slavery to unforgiveness. I was going to get delivered. And I literally, I would be reminded of unforgiveness and there would be no shame. There would be excitement. What if every time God showed you something, he wasn't doing it to shame you, but to deliver you? And it was a Christmas present. And what I realized is I was getting my heart and my life back. But now that you know God, or rather known by him, how is it that you're turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Oh my gosh, this has been my bad testimony so many times. And I want to know you, tell you this. Paul says this in Colossians, but I'll say it here. If I or Masha or anybody in her eyes or anybody else preaches another, or an angel, he says, preaches another gospel than this, let them be accursed. What does he mean? What was the curse? The curse was when Adam and Eve said, we'll do it on our own. Thank you very much. And God said, I don't think that's going to work for you because this world only works with me. In your own effort, it will always be diminishing returns. It will be thorns in the middle of your work. It will be by your sweat of your brow and it will be less and less and less. And the man who is meant to be your carer, protector, lover, and, and co-heir will become your master. That's the curse. And he said, if you want, if you preach another gospel, that is the curse. And I, and I'm, I stand before you now. I have, we call it preaching mi mixture. I have preached mixture. And to the degree which I have, I repent before you. It's tempting to go, yes, yes, Jesus, but just a little extra on the side. <sighs> He said, why are you turning back to the things that never could deliver you in the first place? The things that weren't able to help you in the first place. Oh, I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. When he says efforts, means risk my life, been beaten, been stoned, and a few other things. <laughs> I plead with you, my brothers and sisters, become like me because I became like you. You did me no wrong as I came to you. It was because of an illness. Um, I think this word illness, is, it means physical uh, problem. He had some physical problems. If you read Acts, he was stoned unto death. Like he was beaten. He was thrown out. Like he, every time he'd come into a town, he's like, give me a second. <laughs> right? He didn't come to them in personal power. It was not Paul's power. Even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. Where then is your blessing of me now? I can testify that if you would have done so, you would have torn your eyes out and given to me. So this is this thing of levels. Anybody been tricked by the levels? The levels are, yes, 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 Jesus, faith, all that. But there's higher levels. Anybody? I'm the only one who's been tricked by that, right? You know, if you know all the tricks, you know, if you can do this, if you can stand on one foot, if, if you know the name of the three archangels and what they did on Tuesday. Um, can I read yeah. something real oh, quick? Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like in the, in the you know, in the um, charismatic circles, like there is a whole, we have our own um, list of, of things, you know, tricks that we do. And I love this uh, song by uh, this, this Godfrey dude, Bertil. Godfrey Bertil from um, England. Um, he does a lot of gospel, amazing songs. Um, 
Okay, I'm just going to read it and see if you can track yourself somewhere in there. <laughs> I can definitely track myself. Check yourself. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God. I tried opening gates and digging those ancient wells quite a lot. <laughs> but it wore me out. It just wore me out. Who is worn out from whatever, breaking through, digging wells? I don't know what your thing is. <laughs> it just wore me out. So I quit being a low man so I could be a God's man. I stopped at all my striving. I've been crucified with Christ. Do you know something about a crucified person? They don't work very well. <laughs> Sorry, I would come down and help you, but I'm a little hung up right now. I tried pushing through to get up a level or two to please God. I tried pulling things down and breaking up dry ground quite a lot. But it wore me out. It just wore me out. <laughs> so I quit with the pushing. Now that I'm trusting, I stopped all the stressing. Now I'm going to rest in Christ. <laughs> the heavens are open. The wells are springing. For 2,000 years, there's been an outpouring. Oh. It's bigger, much bigger than seven series of meetings, and it's all over the earth. Come on. <laughs> How good is Jesus. that? Jesus. 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 I, I, that, that, by the way, there has been an outpouring for 2,000 years. There's this lie that everything was darkness. Let me tell you, that's not truth. If you dig into spiritual history, you will see God has had outpourings in every generation. Right, right now. Come on. Outpouring right now. That's exactly right. So where then is your blessing now? Come on. Ah, oh, Jesus. If I can, there it is. I can testify that if you, had, you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. What is he trying to do? He's trying to let, get them to remember the joy of their salvation. I knew a joy in my salvation. When I was about 15, uh, I came to know the Lord. In the first nine weeks of my, of my life in Christ, I had really nobody to teach me. So Jesus just did. It was, it was amazing. And then I discovered religion. <laughs> and I lost all my joy. I could hear God so well because nobody taught me how to hear God's voice. <laughs> then, then later, it was hard. And what happened is, I remember I got to a point where I couldn't even remember that I had ever heard his voice. I had forgotten the joy of my salvation. What he's trying to do is trying to get them to remember. Remember how easy it was? Remember how fun it was? Remember the joy? <sighs> Why have you traded it in for this thing that is not joy? Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Those people are zealous to win you over, but not for good, for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may have zeal for them. You've always got to be worried when people are trying to get you to join their team. Arise is not a team. The kingdom is a family from the heavenly father, right? Does that make sense? But you watch this. People will try to lure you in to be the rabbi, to be, that's why Jesus said, call no man father. Why? You have a heavenly father. Hmm. It is fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good, to be always, not just, and, and to be so always, not just when I'm with you. My dear children, who I am again in the ch pangs of childbirth 
uh, uh, for whom I'm always, again, in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. This whole idea of Christ formed in you is the same idea of a child being formed in a mother. A child has all the DNA, the completion of its identity at the moment of conception. But it's a little unformed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You have everything you need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him. A child, imagine this, me walking up to a fetus. <laughs> you call yourself a human. Show me. Walk around. Do a little dance. That's not what proves your humanity. It is your DNA. It is who you are. It is your mother and your father that proves your humanity, not your ability. If anybody comes to you and asks you to do a little Christian dance to demonstrate your Christianity, that's not it. You are not, so there is a degree to which you are truly, you are made in Christ's image, but you are still being formed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're like, yeah, I'm about a nine-week fetus. <laughs> little lumpy, but I got all the main parts, right? We are being formed, but we don't go out and try to get another arm attached. We don't try to get artificial limbs. We are being formed. Oh, how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I'm perplexed about you. <sighs> don't make me come down there. I'm going to jump over this next section because it's confusing. Here's why it's confusing. If you guys remember back on week 17 or whatever week this was, I was talking about the, that the Sadducees primarily came from Jerusalem and from Alexandria. And they had these schools where they taught you the secrets of the Bible. Oh, you think the Red Sea is talking about the Red Sea. Yeah, I would kind of think the Red Sea would be the Red Sea. Oh, no, no, no. See, that's a secret sign of this, this, this. They were always digging in and finding secrets in Scripture. Anybody had that, had that friend who had all the secrets? And it was so confusing because you're like, I don't see that there. Oh, no. But if you knew the Greek Hebrew divided by the square root of the hypotenuse, you would totally know. There was always this deeper revelation. Be scared of people who have deeper revelation. It may be deeper, and you may need hip waiters for it, though. You know what I say? If you have to strain for it, it might be something else. <laughs> By the way, I had so much fun. So, total side note. We'll get here in a second. I got to share my three favorite passages of the Bible with Danya this week. It was so much fun. We'll share one a little later. That's just a... <clears throat> so he does this whole passage about Hagar and Sa Sarah. This whole idea, well, you know that Hagar stands for the slavery of the law, and Ish, Isaac, who's, who's, who is free, you know, it's the free gift of God, is the sign of grace. Anybody get confused in the middle of this? You, the reason he's doing that is he's saying, I can play that game too. All he's doing is showing them he can play the same game that the Sadducees are playing, but he says, either way, it still comes out the same way, so shut up. That's gentle, gently what he says. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, you are not children of the slave woman, verse 31, but of the free woman. So here's where I get the fun part. Verse 5, chapter 5, verse 1. It is for, for it is for that you have been set free. Again, he's trying to say is the way you begin is the way you walk through it all the way through. 
It's freedom, 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 freedom. Not freedom to become a slave, a different kind of slave. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, because remember, that was the point. Again, I love that the devil always plays it, overplays his hand, right? It, first, they just start out, just keep the Ten Commandments. We were doing that anyway. Then do this, and then they're like, oh, and by the way, be circumcised. Why circumcision? Because that was the mark of a Jew, it was a mark of the Jew, and God gave it to them as a sign that they weren't trusting in their own works to produce things in their life without being too graphic. It was, that was the point. It was a sign. It was not the point. Anybody here, you had, had a friend who God showed them to do something, and they did it and brought great breakthrough in their life, so they went around and preached what God had told them to do as the new method? If God calls you to do something, there's power and grace and to do it, and it will bring life. But what he calls your friend to do doesn't mean he's calling you to do. Anybody had multiple kids in a family? Anybody noticed that they are not alike at all? And what works for one doesn't work at all for the other? God, the reason they often show him as being bald is he has a lot of kids. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but I mean, he's got to deal with all of us uniquely. What works for you is not going to work for your neighbor. Don't preach another gospel than Jesus Christ. You and I are not the answer people for everybody's problems. Our answer should always be go to Jesus. There is no mediator between God and man. Not you, not me, not... It's just... Jesus, he says, and he says, I'm the way to the Father. He's like, open, I'm the door. Does anybody go up to a door and go, oh, what a lovely door. No, they pass through the door, huh? You, Masha's not my mediator, although she does intercede for me at times. But the reality is nobody stands between you and God. Nobody is your way. Nobody is your guru on the mountain. Nobody's your rabbi. <sighs> If anybody makes you feel dumb in Jesus, they are dumb. Now, anybody here been around somebody, you're like, wow, you're just so spiritual. I just don't think I'm even alive. Have they pointed you to Jesus at that point? No, they pointed them to you. I don't have any feelings on the issue. Stand then and do not be, allow yourself to be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. What is he saying? The minute I stop living from God's life, guess what? I'm left to live on my own. As soon as I start living by the law, it's like this. Uh, okay, if I have a lamp and I unplug it from a light switch and command it to shine, what's going to happen? So the minute I step away from living from his life, his power, from him, and for, by my own power, guess what? I'm suddenly like that dead light bulb. There is no light in me. And, and, and it's foolish to even, he's just simply saying, he's not saying that circumcision is this magical thing. Thank goodness for men who were born in the Western world. It does not disqualify you from salvation. Praise God. There's several men going, hallelujah. But, 
But what I want to say is, it's not, it does not disqualify you. What it is, is any point in which I'm resting on my own ability, some trick, some mechanism. Oh, you say do this, I do this. The minute I do that, I quit trusting in God and I'm trusting in something else. And the minute I do that, that's like unplugging the plug from the light socket. Now, here's a question. If anybody here had this, you're going around, you're flipping all the light switches, nothing happens. And then you see a cord that's not plugged in. What do you do? Plug it. You're geniuses. If you discover you are unplugged, how would you know you're unplugged from Jesus? You're not experiencing the life of God flowing through you. You're not experiencing right relationship with God. You're not experiencing the fruit of it, supernatural fruit in your life. What do you do? Buy a book. Underline it copiously. Take an online course. Listen to 43 sermons. Jesus! Plug it in. It's not complicated. But anybody here done the 43-day journey to get back to Jesus? And the whole time you realize he's chasing you? He's right behind you? That's why God says, turn to me. Oh, hello. He is not so far away. He has drawn near. I love this. I love this. Uh, this is uh, traditionally Palm Sunday. And there's this moment, right? Jesus is riding in on a donkey and it's referring to this passage in Zechariah where he's saying, he's, he's said, get rid of your chariots, get rid of trusting in your power. I'm coming in weak and lowly. I'm all you need. And there's the verse and it refers to his um, uh, Psalm 24. Open up ye gates. Be opened up you everlasting doors that the king of glory may come in. Oh my gosh. How hard is it to open a door? Please come in, Lord. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Do you know that passage in Revelation? It does not speak of unbelievers. It speaks of believers. I stand at the door and knock. <laughs> and he's not, asking for, he's not asking for sugar. He just said, let me in. He's not so far away. If we've unplugged it, just open the door. Don't, you know, stand there and do arts and crafts version of paper mache Jesus to sit in your corner. Just open the door. He's not playing hard to get. Again, I declare to you, every man who lets himself be circumcised, thank goodness the women are free on this one, that he is obligated to obey the whole law. Some of you are going to know what I'm talking about. Anybody been waiting on Jesus and it hasn't been happening yet, so you decide to help Jesus out? <laughs> right? That's what he's talking about with Hagar and Ishmael, right? He's like, Jesus, don't worry, I got this for you. In the minute you step out of grace, a whole load of shame and guilt and have-tos fall on you. Anybody been there? What was easy to do in the joy of the Lord is suddenly hard. And he, that's what he's saying. The minute you unplug the light, it's all on you to make the light bulb shine. And so, any, okay, this might be too much, but I'll try. Anybody done this? You woke up on a Sunday morning and the light won't shine. You are not plugged in. But you have to come to church, and they're all going to be shiny. It's a shiny place. What can I do? You go out to the garage and get some spray paint. The light bulb, it's yellow. It fools no one, except we hope ourselves. That's what, the minute I step out of my own efforts, into, out of his, into mine, that's what happens. I have to start faking life. 
because I no longer have it. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ, and you've fallen away from grace. This is not a reason for terror. This is just a reason to replug the light switch, plug it back in. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. What is he talking about? It's the same idea of being formed. If you have an area in your life where righteousness, rightness has not yet manifest, if you have an area that's not working, don't change the channel, right? He is being formed in you. Don't try, if we get tired of waiting, we don't try another channel. We don't try something else because what happens is you actually then lose everything he's done up to that point because everything he's done in us is only sustained by his power. Okay, let me put it another way. Who here has been supernaturally freed by an, of an addiction and then later found yourself enslaved by that addiction again? Don't wave. Oh, good. Thank you. I love this body. We love you. So here's the, what oftentimes happens. So some of you will know what this looks like. I'm an expert on this area. So I did some research for y'all. Is what happens is God made us right by his power, by his grace, right? And out of that rightness, there's his, we're freed, right? Because in my addiction, I felt that I could no longer do it on my own. So therefore, I'm trusting on him to do it in, in me and through me. And suddenly, hallelujah. And then I have a day when I start to trust in my own righteousness. I am free from addiction. I am amazing. You want to be like me? Here's my 12 steps to being awesome like me. I was freed by grace, but here's the 12 steps that God empowered me to do that you can do on your own without grace. Go for it. Suddenly, I have unplugged myself from the light switch. Suddenly, the things that I was no longer tormented by, I'm tormented by. Anybody resonate with you? Awesome. The answer is not now to rebuild what was torn down by the cross, but rather to run back to the cross. Not to try to redo what God showed us how to walk in healing and wholeness in, by grace to do on our own, but to come back and say, God, what do you want to do now? How do you want to deal with me now? I have no feelings on the issue. For in Christ... Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. Anybody here have the spiritual gift of helping other people manage their lives? Do you know what I'm talking about? Anybody here? Oftentimes when our lives aren't working, we decide to try to help other people. worry about ourselves. God's, listen, he's like, it doesn't matter. Listen, it's not about circumcision. It's about him being, is running on him. He said, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you that you, that kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. What is he trying to say? He's trying to show them, just look at the fruit. If the fruit is not life, if it's not joy, if it's not hope, if it's not freedom from sin, then what? If it's not supernatural healing. Don't worry, I'm going to let you live. This kind of persuasion, he says, a little bit of yeast works through the whole batch of dough. You know what yeast is? Isn't it, is it a bacteria? Am I remembering from my science class? 
fungus among us. I love it. So it's a fungus. What do funguses do or fungi? They grow. They multiply. One act of works multiplies into a lifestyle of works. He just said, listen, listen, it's either all him or all you. I don't know about you, but I tried me. Didn't work. I think I'll take him. I am confident of the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. What is the penalty? Being unplugged. The penalty of sin is a life without God. We're not talking about eternal salvation. We're talking, anybody found that you don't want to do this life without God? Amen. Yeah, that's what it is. The one who is throwing you into confusion will have to pay a penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, because that's what they're like, well, Paul's circumcised. He's still doing that. He's like, dude, tell him to shut up. I did not. He said, if I'm still being preach, uh, preaching uh, circumcision, why am I being persecuted by these people? In that case, the offense of the cross would has been abolished. You know what the offense of the cross is? It's not being offensive. Just anybody here feel like you have the gift of offending people just for fun? Like it's a gift. Offense of the cross is that it's not my works. It's not my effort. I don't get any brownie points. I don't get any gold stars, right? In fact, the minute I come over here and start counting my gold stars of what God has done in me and claim them for my own, I have moved, unplugged the plug, and I'm living in hell. Which is so hard, right? Especially for those of us who've been in the system for a while and you've accrued quite a few gold stars, right? Am I the only one who is hard? Like, I feel like we went to the max with the gold stars. We went and served orphans. On the mission field. On the mission field. Like, R we needed, like, a big star. <laughs> and then, like, all of our efforts failed. And I feel like that's what's pushed us over the edge. We're like, oh, my word. It's not working. Like, our gold stars are not accumulating enough. Like... Well, and eventually we just spend our time uh, shining our gold stars. Yeah, because, yeah, we would come to America and we would do the, the tours of all the churches that we're supporting and would give the reports on the orphans. And, <laughs> you know, like some of our poster children who were poster children the one, week. the one week, you know, were already like deep in deep darkness the next week. And we were like, what the heck? What are we going to, where's our gold shining stars? <laughs> right? But it's like all of our different accomplishments and all of our different things, like he's asking us to give them up, yeah. to give them up, right? Whatever we are, if we're super like knowledgeable, all of our knowledge, and we just kind of evaluating ourselves in terms of knowledge or of our good works or whatever those things, they have to go. And that's hard, right? If we've been playing in this system, for a while where we've been collecting, like we've talked about the Chuck E. Cheese coins, right? Many of us, we cannot. Like, we're like, oh, Jesus, no, don't ask this of me. Like, this is, this is, I've like spent my life accumulating these things. How are you asking me to give this up, right? But none of it Come on. is worth it, No. right? No. Well, and, and the reality is, Anybody been in this part where you, borrow, you borrow from Peter to pay Paul or steal, whichever you prefer, long-term borrow? Um, you know, I'm not 
nothing in my life is working, so then I spend all the time trying to prove people how spiritual I am. Or, honestly, my life is going to shamb in shambles spiritually, emotionally, morally, so then I make a big display, a display of what's working in my life trying to cover up what is lacking. But Paul put it this way, my, his strength is made perfect in what? My weakness. It's actually the places where it's not working, where I'm not right, that Jesus wants to show up and be right and make it work. But as long as I'm covering it up with something else, we'll share this next week because one of my, these are two of my favorite verses. Um, you know, actually, well, I'll get to that one. Uh, <laughs> you'll have to have that next week. But I'll share, this is one of my absolute favorite verses right now. Verse 12. As for those agitators, I wish that they would, as long as they're circumcising everybody, go the whole way and slice it off. That's what he said. That's literally what it says in the scripture. That's what he said. And let me tell you, what he says in chapter 6 is even more graphic than that. He's trying to make a point. He's so mad that they are enslaving the people that have been set free. He's like, listen, just, that's what he said. That's what, that's literally what it says. You go read it in the Greek. That's what it says. I'll give you the app so you can do it. That's what it says. They just always make it pretty. Danya, I was telling Danya my favorite verses, and you can imagine what the other ones are. Uh, <clears throat> and she's like, those are really in scripture? I said, yeah, but usually in the English, they gussy it up because we can't handle it. He's serious. He's that serious. He's that serious that our efforts only bring death. But when we allow him to move through us and we walk in alignment with his power and what his grace is empowering us to do, it's easy. It's easy. It's, and it's fun. Now here's the most, the worst part of the, about the gospel. You guys ready? And I can see it on some of your face. You're already there. A, it's too good to be true. Or B, I tried it. It worked for a while, but then it didn't work. And here's the last one. Tell me the three simple steps. You know what the step is? Jesus, I can't. Jesus, I admit that I can't. Jesus, I tried on my own, but I can't. Jesus, I'm trying everything. But you can't add a little bit of Jesus juice to your life. It don't work that way. He bought you whole. He bought all of you. It's either all of him living from him for him or none at all. I call this the Jesus plus program where we try to add a little Jesus to life or we add a little bit to Jesus to make it work. It's either all Jesus or nothing. There's no in between. So I want to just say to you what I think Paul would say to us today based on this is he would simply say this, what is the fruit of our lives right now? Is the fruit of the Spirit, and we'll talk about this next week, chapter 5, is the fruit of the Spirit manifest? Love, joy, peace, patience, effortlessly, not manifest, like, I'm loving you right now. Is there supernatural evidence of God in our lives? Whether it's prosperity, whether it's um, and not prosperity by being sneaky or, or, or by working so many hours that you neglect your family. I'm not talking about that. 
Or is it, is it, or there's, is there supernatural healing? Are the things showing up in your life that are not attributed to you that are good? Just to clarify. If not, it's okay. There's no shame. But join me in bellying up to the bar at the base of the tree where the, we can unwrap some presents together. Whatever it is you need, it's there at the foot of the cross. Whatever it is, I don't know what it is. It's not in the hands of somebody else. God uses other people to bless us because, you know what, he knows our weakness. But listen, he doesn't want a mediator. He doesn't want a matchmaker. He just wants you and me. If we could have the worship team come up. And I want to say it again. If for any reason you have heard another gospel through my lips, I repent before you. I'll tell you what, I have to regularly replug the lamp. Anybody replug the lamp five times in a day? It's okay. But the quicker we recognize that what's happening in our lives is not what Jesus paid for, the quicker we get back to enjoying the benefits of the gospel. And the sooner we become a life that other people want a piece of, that other people want. So let's just stand. Father... We come before you with all of our self-effort, our, our broken light bulbs, Lord, and we just ask you right now, Lord, we stand before you with all of our own efforts, all of our tricks, all of our self-made righteousness, and we lay it down before you. We say, Lord, we don't want it. We don't want any piece of it. We want the life that you have for me. We're not going to add you to our life. You are our life. Lord, we repent from all the ways that we have tricked other people into something like that. And Lord, we come to you and say, Jesus, have your way in us today. Lord, have your way in us. We love you. In your beautiful name, amen.